hello. Hi. Welcome to the Marble Forest Podcast. I'm Amber. And I'm Jesse. I realize, like, when I listen back to the podcast, I always introduce myself like, I'm Amber. Every single time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Jesse. So I'm trying to kind of mix it up, and I don't think I did it successfully. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I can see that now. Do you hear it? Yeah, I guess. Now now that you think about it? Yeah. Well, I always, like, do the... Jesse, like that. Up, oh. yeah, yeah. I always introduce like, my name. Like a, like your favorite sales representative. Mm, customer service. Customer service. I've worked in it for as long as I've worked. Speaking of customer service, I and another coworker stopped credit card fraud today. Woo! It's pretty cool. I mean, like I, like. They kept trying to give me all the credit for it. And I was like, I swear I didn't do it all. Like this other coworker noticed it. But then I like verified like with her that I had already seen those people in the store once today purchasing something for over a thousand dollars. And like, I see. But they're like trying to give me all the credit. They're like, yeah, but you know, that's fine. Like, but you were the one who no recognized them and i was like yeah but she was the one who recognized that they were doing something weird <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah of course like sketchy people like oh yeah we already well i guess like technically but who wants to go there twice in one day um crazy people apparently but i was just like oh maybe like we bought enough that fit in our car and then we came back but like you still have to build everything (laughs) (laughs) it was a fridge it was in the stove but yeah that was kind of interesting and it was like the most eventful thing that happened all day today at work everything was so slow so do you like that i clean the room i do it's so nice i walked in and said as i always say that makes no sense and was like "Ooh, such luxury in here It's going to be luxury in a couple days because I'm going to add more foam paneling. Yes. That would be cool. We should definitely do that. Yeah, because I still hear a little bit of an echo, but it's not really that bad. Also, we have a mattress, literally. I wish people could see all of our setups. Sometimes we literally sit at a table across from each other and one side of the table is a mattress propped up against the wall. (laughs) It has a sheet on it. It does. I tried to make it a little bit classier. propping a mattress up on the wall that's so weird (laughs) everything is for our podcast in this room that's our podcast box that's our podcast lamp yep that's your sewing stuff i don't think that counts (laughs) (laughs) podcast sewing stuff well like look i put the wine bottle up on my cosplay shelf you did we're gonna have to get another shelf for just our podcast memorabilia okay is it Amber? You owe me a shelf, so just get get by. Well, technically, it. you owe me two shelves. I do owe you two shelves, <laughs> so <laughs> I'll get them. I'm going there to every my day of the job. week. <laughs> <laughs> I am going there next week with my sister because I'm helping her purchase something, like an adult. Yeah, well, because she's not one, like a not like even a close cool, to being one. She's really into makeup, so like a cool vanity thing for her room. Oh, don't they really only have like one there? Because I've looked into that before. There's three. There's three. Okay. I've looked into that before because I was just like, ooh, wouldn't it be super cute if I like sat in front of the mirror and I like blue dry my hair and like there was like this fancy dresser that my makeup was in, but I don't, I wouldn't use it. It just collects shit. I know. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, I 
want one after she said that and I was like, I'm never going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe if I had the space just for space, like, like if I was like rich and had a huge fucking house. Some people have, like, I know girls who are not rich, but they live alone and they have all these extra rooms and like they have their own like room that's a closet and like getting ready makeup room. Yeah. Okay, that's too much. For well, me. also like they keep all their clothes in those rooms, so like, like, I don't know, like, if you see me in public, I probably don't have makeup on unless I it's like never an event. <laughs> I sometimes put makeup on before I go to work because I get there a half hour early almost every day, and then I'm sitting there like, let me just do something. <laughs> yeah, I used to have makeup in my car for that reason. You can always tell when I go to work and I get there really early because I'm wearing makeup if I got there really early and I've been sitting in the parking lot for a half hour. <laughs> yeah. So talking about my sewing stuff, if I don't know if you saw it when you came in, but I finished reupholstering I that did. chair. I saw it and I just saw it on Facebook when I was on Facebook and I liked it. Oh, yeah. It looks really good. I It was it worked so hard on it. It was a little it's a little baggy in the back, but the way I did it, I did it pretty much to fit it perfectly. Yeah. But the thing is, it's big at the top and small at the bottom. So like I can't go any smaller. Like it took Brendan and me like 20 minutes to like pull yeah, <laughs> the cover over it to like get it to fit. So well, like cuz it has to go over the top to fit over the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And so pretty much I just stapled it in some places to hold it tighter. It looks good though. Thank you. It does look good. I'm always impressed when you reupholster. Well, my next thing, because Brennan has to work this weekend or work Saturday. My next thing is the ottoman. It's going to match that chair. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah. That'll be really cute. It's going to be so easy in comparison to that chair. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing some sewing, working on some cosplay stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've made cosplays, and I, like, have one, and then my previous cosplays, and I'm like, if I don't finish it, I don't finish it. I don't care. Your punkaboo does look really fucking cute, it's, though. It's turning out really good. I, it's, it's, I'm almost done. It's mostly just detail work I have to finish Did now. you make, like, a corset top for it? It's, yeah, so the whole dress is, <laughs> I always joke about it every time I have to put it on. It's literally just, a, like, a giant sack. <laughs> and the way you tighten it is you have to lace up a corset part in the back so that it shapes to me. Yeah. Because I have to literally just throw it on like a giant sack. And it's so funny when I put it on. I'm like, I feel like I'm wearing a garbage bag. Oh my God, that's so much fabric. It is a lot of fabric. Yeah, but I've got that and that has to be laced up. And then I have an underskirt, which is like four yards of fabric all gathered onto a small elastic band. <laughs> so yeah. I always feel like I'm wearing a lot of clothes, but it's turning out really good and I'm really happy with it. Yeah, it's great. Looks cute. So do we have anything else to talk about? I don't really think so. Not that I can come up with off the top of my head. Let's jive on into it. Is that what, is that what we're going on? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you were like asking me to do it by like, well, why, why don't you jive with me? Okay. Let's I just, just jive. Yeah. Let's do it. So what you, what you don't notice is I was like slowly sneaking my hands up from the underneath the table, <laughs> like doing jazz Devin hands. Devin also did it. Devin jazz hands with us. That's good. I appreciate it. We All right. Appreciate Devin, it, Devin, flip the coin. Is it me? For once, I'm not going first. It's me. All right. I already kind of told you this story. 
I thought there was going to be a lot more too, but it's still really interesting. All right. All right. Is it bad that I really just wish I made myself a margarita? Um, no, but like, yes. Because I really like podcast margarita. Yeah, but remember the last time we tried a podcast <laughs> and hard alcohol? <laughs> That's a good, it was a fun episode, but it's like two hours long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> All right. So I am going to tell you about the Hull House in Chicago. The the Hall? Hull. Hull. H-U-L-L. Okay. Like U-Haul. Like U-Haul. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in 1856, Charles J. Hull, a European immigrant, built a mansion for himself and his family to live in. He was a real estate developer. And he did a lot to develop the west side of Chicago. So prior to making kind of a name for himself, Charles lived in New York. He was raised by his grandmother after the death of his mother and his father running off. Oh. So he already has, like, a really good start, right? Wait. Question. Yes. You said the death of his father and mother running off. His his mother died and his father ran off. Oh, Okay. Did I, want, say, did I say it weird? The, no. I just heard that like that. Okay. Thanks, Devin. Thanks for telling me I'm dumb. <laughs> We're, that's why we need Devin here every week. So Charles was no stranger to tragedy. In 1852, Charles and his wife Millicent lost their youngest son at the age of one. No. Oh. So that was a few years before his mansion. Oh, okay. Um, now he's building his mansion. So he doesn't have kids, so he has all this money now? I mean, he still has kids. He still has two kids. So he's building his mansion, but no matter how hard he tried, he he was always... Something was happening to him. And I'm going to tell you what it is. Are you ready? So is this like a series of unfortunate events? Um, just like in this first paragraph where I talk about him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, shortly after moving into the mansion in 1860... Charles' wife, Millicent, passed away. Oh. Six years later, his oldest son passed away at the age of 19. And... Like, exactly? I guess so. Okay. Or just everyone in his family dies. I don't know. It said six years later. Some of the timeline stuff seems off to this, but, like, it's said that they died, but sometimes, like, when I'm trying to math it out in my head for the years for other things, it doesn't quite make sense. So that's kind of like a tentative six years later. And then shortly after that, Charles' last remaining daughter has passed away and left him all alone. Oh, so he's just in this big mansion all by himself. By himself. So he decided that after she died that he was moving. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yep. Nothing good happens in this house. Get out. So the house was left deserted and the neighborhood started crumbling. Even before Charles left, there were like rumors of spooky things happening in this house. But like there's not a lot of things that I was able to find. I was just able to see that there were rumors. Yeah. So the wealthy families that were living nearby started to move and rebuild their lives on the empty property left behind from the Chicago fire in 1871. Okay. Since they started moving, factories, brothels, and drug dens started opening up around the old mansion. All right. Selling some meth? 
next to this nice house. <laughs> and these hot women. Hot brothels. Oh. Well. They're also hot from working in the factories. They're hot from the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, everything still so smoldering. It makes me so hot. Even years later. <laughs> so the house gained a new life as a sort of kind of like office building with storerooms. The offices used the space that had previously housed the family. Like they were using bedrooms as office space. Okay. Um, well, that makes sense. So they the office space was utilized by a factory that had built been built into the rear of the house. Very strange. Okay. So they just built a freaking warehouse in the back of the house? Yeah, in the factory. All right. So in 1889, Jane Adams discovered the house, now equipped with a factory and furniture store. Oh, do you recognize the name Jane Adams? No, but it's coming up on my Google search of the house. I was trying to look up the house. When I tell you more, you might recognize it. Okay. Um, Jane Adams was 29 years old when she opened the doors of the Hull House as a settlement house, um, along with her co-founder, Ellen Starr. She was given a 25-year lease to use the mansion as a settlement house. Okay. What is a settlement house? So... In my next sentence. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. The, the house would be a place for her and others to live and work. Um, she led a group of young reformers in creating programs to help improve the neighborhood. Within four years, the settlement house grew to house an array of clubs and functions, a day nursery, a gymnasium, dispensary, playground. Ooh, dispensary. <laughs> and a cooperative boarding house for single working women. Well, I guess I know back in the day a dispensary was just a pharmacy, but yeah, <laughs> dispensary. <laughs> That's what I thought when I first, I was like, I know this isn't what it is, but by 1907, the complex was, that was once one lone mansion grew to be 13 buildings and a children's summer camp. Oh, okay. So it was just turning into this giant fucking complex now. Yeah. So the Hull House made Jane Addams an international figure. She's now seen as the founder of modern social work in America. Her work earned her the Nobel Peace Prize in 1931, as, and she was the first ever woman to be awarded that, the first ever American woman to be awarded that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Go her. Yeah. Still don't know who she is. Okay. I knew, I knew who she was briefly because I had heard her name before, and I... But I, and I knew, like, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, yeah, she did do that. But, like, I didn't really know much about her. Yeah. So, of course, since I'm telling you all this, it's not, it's not all happy. It's well, not well, all yeah. happy story. We don't really tell happy stories on this podcast. We should just become a podcast where we just tell each other good stories. Okay, so, <laughs> prequel, no, not prequel, what is the sequel to this podcast is your palate cleanser podcast oh, of our go. podcast. Your palate cleanser. Yeah, our palate cleanser. Mm, that's our, that's like, we could do something with that. We can. So there's a lot of, like, there's this one tale specifically that is really attached to this house. But I'm going to tell you about a little bit of the ghostly stuff first. Okay. Then we're going to get to the other part. Okay. So Millicent Hall began making her presence known reportedly like within just a few months after she died. Yeah. So she 
passed in the second floor, a second floor bedroom. And overnight guests to the rooms have reported hearing loud footsteps in the room at night, along with strange and unearthly noises. Okay. Um, Jane Adams even stayed in this room for a time, and she told Ellen, Ellen, the lady she opened the house with, about hearing footsteps at night and soon changed rooms. Oh, okay. She just didn't like footsteps? Nothing else happened? What a bitch. Another woman who stayed in the room... Helen Campbell, she's an author of The Prisoners of Poverty, and I think, like, Jane Addams was kind of, like, had her stay there on, like, a bet is everything that I saw. Oh, okay. She's like, I bet you you won't sit in that in this room. I bet you won't stay in this haunted room. Ooh. So she reported seeing a figure of a woman standing by her bed, and when she lit a lamp, the figure disappeared. The, the ghost didn't like the light. Yeah. Like, blinded by the light. You know, like, like Honestly, that kind of thing. Like, whoa, bro, bright. Like, I'm just trying to hang out. That's the, like, most of the extent of he- the hauntings in this house. Oh, okay. So, like, earlier tenants of the house did believe that the upstairs were was haunted. Were haunt- were, was, was, that the upstairs was haunted. Were haunted? Were haunted. They were all werewolves, and they were all ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> So the little sisters of the poor and the furniture shop. Of the big daddies? Like Bioshock? Yeah, like <laughs> Bioshock. <laughs> you know, like the little sister with the big needle and stabs you with it. It sounds so terrifying. Yeah, right. and then she crawls into her little hole and disappears. She does. The little sisters of the poor. I did not look up what they were, but I'm assuming like a poor house or something. Yeah. No idea. Then look the it little up. sisters of Bioshock. Devin, are you looking it up for me? All right, we'll get an answer on that in a minute. So they and the furniture shop that were before Jane Adams and Ellen Starr would keep a bucket of water on the stairs, believing that the ghost would be unable stick to stick their hand in it and pee on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Would they step in it and fall down the stairs? The ghost really liked to play slumber party jokes. So they'd step in it and fall down the stairs. Yeah. And just be covered in water. Prop humor. (laughs) So the Little Sisters of the Poor was a Roman Catholic religious institute for women. That played slumber party jokes on one another. They did. Apparently they kept water on the stairs. So if anyone fell. Yep. It'd be really funny. Yep. Do you think they kept water on the stairs and they kept a chair at the bottom of the stairs and like a, a girl would sit in and like pretend she was that movie like flash oh, dance? Yeah, and they they just like push the bucket of water. <laughs> <at her. laughs> Maybe that was their goal. Maybe they wanted to get the ghost wet so they could track where it was going. Maybe. But the water was kept there because they thought that the ghost would be unable to cross over it. So the over ghost- the bucket of water. I mean, I don't know what the thought process behind that is but maybe they have something maybe it was holy water if they were like a catholic oh yeah they had a priest bless it maybe maybe it was holy water Hmm. um the ghost was like reportedly harmless though so reportedly harmless so now then why okay if the ghost is reportedly harmless just wants to walk down the fucking hallway at like two in the morning because it's so loud and annoying Okay, we'll go back to sleep. <laughs> I bet her walking is nothing compared to your stomping ass through the hall during the day. So, 
I feel so attacked and I wasn't even there. (laughs) (laughs) And like, she just was like, hey, oh, I guess you're sleeping. I guess I'll leave now. Goodbye. (laughs) Oh, I was just watching you while you were sleeping, but you turned the light off and that scared me. So leaving. This isn't creepy. What are you talking about? I just want to see someone breathe. I haven't breathed in so long. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready for the spookier legend? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. So that's that's all about the ghosts? Yeah, that's all I have about the ghosts. Okay. So, like, the ghost is, like, no big deal, just wanders around, and they thought that they could scare the ghost away with a bucket of water? (laughs) Pretty much. Chain... In the form of a bucket of water. <laughs> oh, we've had too much fun with a bucket of water today. I just don't understand. I don't either. Maybe we have to look it up. Maybe we have to look up, like, can you keep ghosts away with a bucket okay. of water? Wait, hold on. So here's my intuitive knowledge about water. <laughs> okay. Water is supposed to trap negative energy when doing anything regarding, like, seances or, like, active reading okay. or like anything so you usually do a candle and a glass of water or a cup of water or something and so the candle envelops everything in white light and the glass of water sucks in all the negativity i did not know that i yeah that's really cool yep that that could be the reason be it all could be. all joking aside it could be <laughs> like, but did they have candles Probably. This is like the 1800s, right? <laughs> yes, it's still the 1800s. When were lights invented? <laughs> lights were probably invented, but like people still use candles. So like, you know, like the, the uh, Christmas carol where like he like walks through the night with his candle. <laughs> oh, okay. So they like just kept a little, little tray with you a candle You said she lit it. a lantern. Oh, lights were invented in 1879. So somewhere around there, but you said she lit a lantern in your story. She did light a lamp, and it was past 1879, so... So maybe electricity didn't get to them yet. Maybe they just didn't like electricity. Maybe they hated Thomas Edison. Maybe they were, like, they had a grudge against him. Electricity's unnatural. I We start doing everything non-electric. We go and we make this an Amish podcast. We there's no way we can make this an Amish podcast, I know, Amber. I know, but I wanted you to like look at me funny. Devin looked at you oh, more funny. That's exactly what I wanted from both of you. All right, are you ready? This is for your spooky? Amish podcast. Yeah, it's my Amish podcast. Welcome to the normal cemetery. We are riding into each town on our horse and buggy. We will come and we will speak in the town hall. We will that raise was a just barn. erected a couple of days ago by the entire town. Then afterwards, we will churn some butter and move <laughs> on to our next city. You are now listening to the Amish podcast. <laughs> All right, let's get spookier now. Are you ready? Can we handle this? So there's another legend in the house that is a bit spookier, as I said already. Right. For six weeks in 1913, the whole house was slammed with people trying and demanding to see the devil baby. The devil baby? The devil baby. 
For so, oh, for only six weeks, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, they got bored. And I bet the devil baby was there before the six weeks, and then the devil baby's like, peace. And then, like, everyone shows up. They're like, where's the devil baby? And they're like, he, like, left, like, a week ago. He just walked out. He's the devil. I don't care if he's in the form of a baby. Like, he can probably still walk. Well, we'll get to some stories. Okay. So, um, the story of the baby swept through the city. Like the fire. Yes. (laughs) That was bad. (laughs) So, the story said... There's a, there's two versions of the story. All right. I like multiple versions. One version. From, from last week. The most popular version says that a devoutly Catholic woman married an atheist man and they were expecting a child. The woman hung a picture of the Virgin Mary in their home, but the husband tore it down. He proclaimed that he would rather have the devil himself in the house than that picture. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, okay, let's let's break that down a let's little do bit. Let's do it. I'm very, All right. Let's break it down. One, you, you're you a Catholic woman, like a strongly Catholic woman, and you married an atheist. It happens, though. Okay. But it does happen. Where is the communication and compromise of a fucking relationship when you're ripping her shit off the wall? Bitch, I'll rip your shit it's off the wall. It's not even a picture of Jesus or God. It's the Virgin Mary. It's just a girl. Yeah. And then he had to go say some douchey comment. He, like, tempted fate on the whole situation. Yeah, he fucked this whole thing up. He, it, It's all his fault. And God was like, fuck y'all, you're getting a demon baby. Demon baby? <laughs> <laughs> so when oh. the woman gave birth, the woman was distraught to see a deformed baby with pointed ears, horns, scale-covered skin, a tail, and hooves. Oh, interesting. Wait, what year is this again? Um, This was in 1913-ish. So, like, we have cameras. We could have took a picture of that shit. Could have taken a picture of the demon ba- devil baby? Yeah, if it was real. We got, we got pictures of the demon baby. There are um a few versions of how the baby made it to the house. And then there is... It it just appeared in the house. Like, the parents left the hospital, and then all of a sudden, like, they're in their horse and buggy because this is the Amish podcast, <laughs> and the, the baby just disappears. He got shit to do. It's the devil, right? And then, so they're like, oh shit, where'd our baby go? Did we leave it at the hospital? And they're like, we don't know. So, like, they go back to the hospital, and they go back to the house. Once they get to the house, they're like, the baby walks in like that boss baby show. Like, that's oh, yeah. what the demon looks like. It's it's wearing a suit. Yeah, it's wearing a suit, but like with horns, you know, yeah, and scaly. And yep. So the other version of the devil baby story is that a woman gave birth to six daughters and her husband was outraged. He declared he would rather her give birth to the devil than to have another girl. And then she had another baby. And, and it was the devil. And it was the devil. All right. So that's the other story. Was it also a girl? Mm, maybe. Because <laughs> I feel like the devil would do that. The devil would be like, you don't want a girl? Well, here's your demon baby that's also a girl. Yeah, I mean, I could see it happen. So Devin just informed us that it's common in lore that the demon child be born as the seventh child. The demon baby. The demon baby. The devil baby. So which Duggar is the demon? (laughs) (laughs) Probably werewolves too, actually. With werewolves? Mm -hmm. The seventh child, if it's a male, it'll be a werewolf. 
Oh, that's fucking awesome. I like that lore. I like that lore. Yeah, let's do this. The seventh child is a werewolf. Okay, so one of the claims of how the baby got to the house was that the mother was so shocked she died <laughs> and the father abandoned it at the whole house. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So they had the baby at the house? No, like- so they were not house where they lived and she had the baby probably i don't know if it was out of her house or the hospital whatever and then she died because she was so shocked so the dad was like i ain't dealing with this and he took it to the hull house oh okay he ban- he abandoned it there he like like fire step like <clears throat> so another story says that the mother was she left the baby at the hull house to spare it from torment well because it was deformed and it devil yeah maybe like the whole house can like put some jesus in the devil they tried are you ready (laughs) oh they okay so the story doesn't end there of course stories claim that jane took the baby and attempted to have it baptized during the ceremony the baby escaped from the priest and began dancing and laughing i like that baby (laughs) that's a cool baby jumping out of your arms and just stands over there and dances and laughs like i'm thinking i'm thinking of literally like an irish jig yeah like like, I like sort of like, like a, a leprechaun <laughs> so cute so the child was also said to be a fiend and was capable of the greatest of blasphemies don't know what they were because it didn't go into it all right i was i was waiting for more <laughs> not knowing what to do with the baby allegedly jane locked the baby in the attic to die this specific part, I don't know. You've watched well, The Simpsons. Yeah. It reminds me of the Treehouse of Horrors, I believe, episode where Bart finds out he has a twin that lives in the attic. Yeah, well, that's what they used to do to, like, to mentally disabled back in the day. Yeah. No, but they, like, a- still kept them alive. That's kind of what it reminded me of. So during this time, people would always come to get a glimpse of the baby. They paid, a, they like offer to pay a lot of money to be let into the house, but Jane refused them entry. She uh, tried her best to dispel any rumors of the baby. Yeah, we got no baby here. Go away. So some people think that- We got other babies? You the want to baby adopt these babies? died in the attic? And some people think the baby just took off and vanished. The baby probably just took off and vanished if it was a demon. Possibly. The kind of ending portion of this the story is that the baby dies in the attic and people claim to see the devilish evil face of a child in the windows of the hall house, the upper windows. Oh, that's creepy. So, like I said, Jane tried to, like, dispel all these rumors. Yeah. She even devoted 40 pages of her autobiography to try and, like, reveal the story as being a fabrication. Oh. Like... She was like, all right, here's all the things I did, but let me talk about this devil baby. (laughs) So stories of the devil baby were also allegedly the basis uh, for the movie Rosemary's Baby. Oh. Just thought that was an interesting fact to throw in at the end. Yeah, that is. And that is what I kind of have of the Hall House. Yeah, that's interesting. See, I told you. It is short, though. It's short and sweet. It's short. There wasn't as much as I thought there was going to be. Oh, I made a lot more of it. (sighs) With all the tragedy and everything, I thought there'd be a lot more, but, like, I thought it was still really interesting. Yeah. So, good story, Amber. I feel Thanks, like we didn't, Jessie. like... <laughs> Let's get into your story. Right. Pretty much, I found a lot of things in, like, southern Texas, north of 
northern Mexico area when I was researching the Alamo. So pretty much, we're just a couple miles away from the Alamo again. Okay. Yeah. So I'm doing, I, I brought this up in the Alamo X episode, but pretty much I'm doing the San Fernando Cathedral. Okay. Yes. So it is a church that was one of the marks of the beginning of the Battle of the Alamo. Okay. I remember you talking about it. Yeah, like, uh, pretty much, like, the Mexicans waved a flag saying, we'll kill you all, and then they're like, bitch, try, and they shot a cannon. Bitches love cannons. Bitches love cannons. (laughs) So, the San Fernando Cathedral is a Gothic revival church situated in the San Antonio Main Plaza. It was named after the 13th century King Ferdinand Ferdinand III of Castile, (laughs) who ruled in the 13th century. He was responsible for creating the atmosphere of peace among the Christians, Muslims, and Jews. Oh. Yeah. Ferdinand III was recognized as a saint in 1671 by the Christian Church to promote the early Spanish settlers of San Antonio de Bexar to seek a similar sort of peace in the New World. Okay, so he kind of was like, let's just be friends, everyone. Yeah. Peace. Peace. And love. And love. And Woodstock. (laughs) He was a hippie. (laughs) Do you think he would have gone to Woodstock? Yes. Definitely. So, in 1738, the Canary Islanders settled on the prime real estate on the land of the future outlook of the San Antonio River. The Canary Islanders were under a constant threat by the Apache peoples, uh, battles be- were frequent among the Spanish and indigenous people. Mm, that's never good. Well, yeah, there's a lot of war down there. That's why there's a lot of haunted things. Yeah, we've learned from the Alamo episode there was a lot of bad stuff going on down there. Yeah. So this is this is like a this is like more brief than the Alamo episode. Brief continuation. <laughs> yes, a brief continuation of the Alamo episode. In 1730, a year before the Canary Islanders actually arrived. The Apache tribe had declared war on San Antonio in general. So the Canary Islanders just got fucking screwed. (laughs) So they went in there when there was already, like, war going on. Yeah. Mm, That's not good. Yeah. They just showed up and they're like, oh, look at this this nice place. And then, like, the next day it's like, boom! And, like, cannons Cannons. going off and, like, yeah. Just war. That sucks. They probably got all set up and, like, unpacked on the first day, too. Didn't even, like, realize what was going on. It was Christmas, so they had a peace treaty. (laughs) (laughs) So their attacks were very brutal and constant and unforgiving. Oh, that's not good. So much so that the people of San Antonio were warned not to leave their houses because they worried about imminent death by the Apaches if they did. That's intense. Yeah. Like, that's intense. Yeah. It's like some Red Dawn shit. Yeah. Like, just running up, don't leave your house. Yeah. Just You're run up and get you. Yeah. Despite the constant threat of death, they began building the Church of San Fernando anyways <laughs> in 1738. So, like, there's a threat of death right over their shoulders. And they're like, we're going to build our peaceful church. I mean, maybe they were hoping it would bring some peace. Yeah. Less than a year later... The Apache rode in the San Antonio and stole 60 head of cattle from the Spanish base herd and other livestock, also guns and ammunition. Oh, geez. More livestock. More livestock. 
it, it gets a little, this story gets a little weird with livestock. Weird with livestock? We'll get there. I'm concerned about the level of weird we're going. It's not a good weird. I'm concerned about the level of weird we're going. All right. So the Apache viewed the Spanish uh, as people who entered by force to conquer land. Eh, I guess they weren't wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. But since that was what was going on, the Apache helped themselves to whatever they desired. They're like, you took our land, I take your sheep. We were here first. And that cow looks really cool. It does. And I want a pet cow. For milk. Not for eating. But the raids never seemed to end. Until the Comanche tribe entered a situation. And by 1749, the Apache struggled against the horsemen of the Comanches. Oh, jeez. So, like, more indigenous people fighting against one another. So many battles. Yes. There was a lot of battles and in this time. And they're lasting very long times. So yes. Like, even just, like, a, a year, like, you would think if it's just between some groups of people, maybe they'd work it out. But no. We're, we're getting there. We're working on it? We're working on okay, it. Okay, we're working on it. First, steal all the animals, take all their livestock, move it over to here, claim it as your own livestock, then we'll work on peace. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yes. So, leading them to approach... Uh, so, they, the Apache were struggling against the Comanches. So, pretty much, they approached the Spanish for a peace treaty. Okay, because they wanted help. Yeah. They were getting their asses handed to them. They were like, hey, remember when I stole your cow? <laughs> it's fine. I, I can give you, like, some of them back, right? I can give you some cows, a handful of sheep. And here's None like, of the am ammunition, though. I used all of that. Against you. <laughs> <laughs> so the peace offering was to be made at the San Fernando Church. Okay, what a, what better of a place a peaceful church yep a peaceful church that was built during war where nothing bad ever happens at and it's just a peaceful place with no hauntings yep just so peaceful with a crowd gathered around to watch the monumentous occasion the apache dug a deep hole into the soil the peace offering came in form of their hatchets and arrows and war clubs giving symbolism to saying bearing the hatchet oh interesting yeah. so they were literally Burying the hatchet. That's really fascinating. And that's actually literally where the saying came from. I never knew that. I've yes. always heard that saying. That's really cool. Yes. But the next part is a little unfortunate. My weird livestock thing. Oh, no. That was not all that the Apache put inside of the pit. They buried a white horse that was still alive. What? Because horses were significant to their culture and the white color was to symbolize peace. So they buried a live horse. Wow. They dug a really big hole. That's very... I, I have questions, but I know... I'm sure it happened. I'm sure this is something that really happened. But, like, wouldn't the horse fight to not be in the hole? Probably. Maybe it just gave up. Maybe it was just really lazy and was like, this is I don't want to say this, but maybe they just pushed it. Maybe. Oh, this is very sad. I didn't want to get this way. You had all these questions. I know, and it was my fault, but I wanted to know. But I don't really. Okay, they buried a horse. It was a stuffed horse, and it wasn't a real animal, and it's fine. Yep. And it was just white and majestic. It was just a white stuffed animal of a horse. Yep. 
back in the 1700s. <laughs> Made of really good quality fur, with a nice mane. Yep. It wasn't life-sized. It was only, like, this big. Yep. I guess this is, like, watermelon size. Yep. For, we're not on a video. Nope. You need to explain your hand gestures to people. So, they put all the dirt in their pit. And the Apaches and the Spanish danced on the pit to celebrate their newfound Is peace. there a ghost horse? Okay, keep going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Amber looks really excited right they now. They danced on the dead horse's grave. All right, but the peace was short-lived. Of course. Because smallpox began to leave its mark in the area. Oh, no. The disease ravaged the Apache population diminishing their numbers so that they were unable to defend themselves against the Comanches. That's not... That's not good. Sorry, I was covering my mouth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, they were dying because of smallpox, and uh, the Comanches were furious that the Apaches had sought a peace treaty with the Spanish. So, those who had survived the smallpox, smallpox ended up fleeing to protect themselves because the Comanches were like, Bitch... You made a peace treaty with the Spanish? The people you were just trying to blow up? Yes. Okay. Yep. This can't be good. So a slightly lighter turn. In 1831, the famous Alamo defender James Bowie uh, married his wife Ursula de Veramendi. Oh, I hope I pronounced that right. Probably not, but I believe in you. At the San Fernando Church. Oh, how nice. Yeah. And until once more the disease threatened the city, it was cholera this time, and it swept through Texas. Bowie refused to risk the lives of his family, so he packed them all up and sent them to Mexico. Just his family? Just his family. He stayed. But San Antonio actually never, the cholera outbreak never actually reached San Antonio. Within eight days, the rest of his family was dead in Mexico from that outbreak. Oh, that's not a lighter turn, Jesse. They got married. That's the light turn of that. But then his whole family died. Yeah, well, that's like, that's like life. Back in. It's like my story where he gets married and his whole family dies. Yeah, it's fine, right? This is a story of. We do need a palate cleanser podcast. We do need a palate cleanser. We'll call it the Ginger Snack Podcast. We could call it the Palate Cleanser. I don't know. Can we? So, Bowie's family died. Yeah. His entire family died. And he was never the same again. Uh, Drinking became his main source of comfort. And his haggard appearance appearance reflected his depression. Oh, so he just, like, let himself go. Yeah. Poor guy. Well, he lost his entire family to a disease. That's fair. That he tried to save them from. Yeah. That must really hurt the soul. That would be rough, right? Yeah. Uh, He continued on his way, uh, on this way, until the fall of the Alamo in 1836, when Bowie became one of 189 defenders to die in the Texas fight for independence from Mexico. That's sad. And if you haven't heard about that, you should look into that like three episodes ago? Episode eight. Yep, sure. Episode 8. I'm pretty sure, because it was Alligator Jim Buddy. Yep. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Though, he was the one who was tied up with yellow fever in one of the beds in the Alamo with a rifle in hand. 
Oh, so he was like literally sick and just had a gun trying to defend himself. Yeah, in this is like how I'd want to go out in a war, right? Sick in a bed. Well, like defending to my last breath, bitch. I guess that's fair. I just, I mean, not just like laying in bed. <laughs> not just laying in bed. Oh, I'm dying. Please spare me. Maybe that'll work. Probably Maybe. not. I don't know. After Texas had won its independence, Colonel Juan Segan, who controlled. I'm just going for names. Who controlled the New Republic reportedly buried corpses underneath the San Fernando Church. Oh. Uh, Since the defenders of Alamo were not given... Oh, since the defenders of the Alamo were not given proper burials. So they just started burying them under the church? Yeah. Okay. In 1936, a box was unearthed from the cathedral during renovations, and it is said that charred bones, nails, and tattered uniforms were unearthed. Nails, like nails, or like nails, like fingernails? Like fingernails. Ew, no, that's worse. (laughs) I can deal with regular, like, nails. I can't deal with fingernails. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) During the early years of the San Fernando Church, it wasn't out of the norm to bury people within the walls. And social status did not uh, matter with the people were like buried there. in the walls? Like, or like, in the walls. And, like, in the floor. Wouldn't that smell? Like, you know, back then, they got, like, some good mummifying shit that happened. Maybe? Pretty much, they buried people within the walls, from the highest-ranking men to the smallest, poorest children, and ultimately found themselves within the walls of the San Fernando Cathedral. Are they still there? Are there still bones there? Yes. Ew. <laughs> keep All going right. so while priests and other prominent catholics in the parish parish were given the floor of the church as their final resting place so like literally in the center like the center aisle there's priests and like that's so crazy buried in the floor it's yeah really interesting but it's really crazy so the first bishop of the san fernando cathedral was buried underneath the head of the main aisle of the church Okay. Yeah, so pretty much, like, right where, like, they do all their priesty things up yeah. front. Yeah. <laughs> their priesty things. Their yeah. sermons, maybe? Yeah. yeah. That's a better word for priest- I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't go to church anymore. <laughs> let's go. Let's roll with it. Hopefully priesty my family th- still doesn't listen to this. Priesty things. That's fine. Yep, priesty things. So, more strangely, the area where the Alamo defenders' remains were found just so happens to be the place where the many officers who perished in a battle were buried as well. So, in 1868, they decided to enlarge the cathedral okay, into, like, a more gothic style. And the addition forming, so, a more gothic style with carved stone stations of the cross that were added in 1874. Okay. Uh, Stained glass windows were added in 1920. Stained glass is pretty. It is. San Fernando... Cathedral was added as the U.S. National Register of Historic Places in 1975, and Pope John Paul II traveled to Texas for the first time in 1987 when he visited the cathedral. Okay. So, despite many alterations and renovations in the last two centuries, it still remains the center point of religious life in San Antonio. Over 5,000 people participate in weekend masses, and services, other services performed through the year. So they still use the church? Yes. Okay. 
So, for years, many people who visit San Fernando have reported seeing faces appear in the exterior walls of the church. In the exterior walls. Yeah. So, like, think of, like, those horror movies and, like, the faces push through the walls. I don't want to think of those horror movies with the faces pushed through the walls. Why not? They're terrifying. They're not that terrifying. It's just like a like a really spandexy wall that like people push their face well, into. Well, that's terrifying. <laughs> yep. So the faces appear with a gaping mouth and two sunken eyes. The features of a skull have appeared in countless visitings of the old structure. I was trying to mimic the face to Devin. Yep. While people might argue that the skull likes Spectral faces suddenly appear on the outer rock walls of the church. Our the spirits... rock walls? Yeah. Go go look it up. Okay, I'm just trying to picture how the faces appear in rock. I don't know. So, so pretty much people have seen faces appear within the walls. And they believe they are the spirits who are buried within the walls. I mean, that would make sense. Yes. There has been an apparition of a white stallion galloping in front of the church. Ghost horse! Ghost horse. It exists! I, yep. Oh my gosh. And as though the ghost of the Apache peace offering from the 1730s has not yet left the site. That's so sad. Guests on ghost tours have often caught- <laughs> I thought you were going to say guest on ghost horses. <laughs> like the guests were coming in on ghost horses. Nope. They're they're already there with their own two feet. Okay. They walked in. No ghost horses. Yep. So they have caught all sorts of paranormal, paranormal phenomenon, including brightly lit orbs and dark shadows moving around. <clears throat> there is a dark figure of a man that roams the church. No. In one instance, a guest was on a ghost tour listening to the guide, but as she stood there, she noticed a man standing in the tour who seemed to be following the tour trailing them like in the group in the front of the cathedral and then then they edged towards the back of the cathedral and he just seemed to disappear creepy he just really wants some knowledge he does want some knowledge he wants to know about how he died there yeah so she described him as wearing all black clothing to the dress style of the 18th or 19th century she did initially thought him to be another tour guide joining the group, but his abrupt disappearance had her very confused. Okay. Like, he was just a tour guide that really got into it? Yeah. Like, like dressed, a, yeah. dressed the part? Yeah. Okay. And then, like, like all of a sudden, like, she blinks and he's gone. And she's like, what the fuck? That is unsettling. Yeah. That's unsettling. Yes. So, after bringing this up, multiple people on the tour actually witnessed the same apparition. Ugh. And according to some who have seen the ghosts in the walls, so the doors believed to be with hoods drawn down over their faces. So some believe that the things in the walls have hoods over their faces? Yeah. Oh. Sorry, that didn't come out right. No, it's okay. I clar- you want to just clarify. All right. And people believe that the hooded spirits are residual energy from the monks who established the church. Okay. And almost always, these dark figures appear in the back of the cathedral and have been known to manifest and vanish at will. Wow. You know, when I was reading about monks, like hooded monks, what was, is that the Monty Monty Python Python? where they hit themselves in the face? Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. All right. It's Monty Python. Yep. That's exactly what I was thinking. Just wandering through and just hitting themselves in the face. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yep. So, out of all of the appearances, the ghostly monks 
monks seem to be spotted the most. And perhaps they are unwilling to leave their house of worship or been simply unable to leave their place where their physical bodies may be buried. That's also could be like the things we've talked about before. Like it had a high significance to them. So they're trapped there essentially. Yeah. Or like they were buried there. Yeah. Or died there. Yep. Exactly. Over the years, the San Fernando Cathedral haunted reputation has grown tremendously. On Halloween in 2007, workers were conducting a restoration project on the cathedral by removing old plaster from the original stone. Okay. Despite the construction, the cathedral was still open to visitors, one whom to be touring the San Fernando with his handheld video camera. Oh! Yeah. He was videotaping the marble sarcophagus in the back, which many visitors claimed to be ghostly cool to the touch, and also the seal on the ground near the sarcophagus is very cold as well. Cold to the touch. Yes. Okay. And then, without any sort of warning, an image of a man's a man kissing a skull on the head appeared. Where? Just, like, in front of it? or yeah, like, like, in front of his camera on the sarcophagus. Like, in the sar- Well, like, near the sarcophagus. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Is there... Is it up on the internet? I don't know. I didn't look for it. Mm. People have believed it sounded more like a psychic vision. Okay. To him. So maybe he didn't capture it on the camera. <laughs> maybe not. Yep. Um... But he panicked, realizing no one was nearby. That's creepy. And got the fuck out of there. Oh, okay. So the image he captured on his camera was nothing but a shimmer. Okay, so that So, like, my he question. saw it in real life, but the camera only caught, like, a shimmer. Oh, that's so creepy. Yeah. So that's pretty much the San Fernando Cathedral in San Antonio, Texas. You gave me a ghost horse. I did give you a ghost horse. I've been wanting one since day one. Yeah. It's everything you dreamed of, of this podcast, is to hear about ghost horses. Just a ghost horse. A poor ghost horse. Died so terribly. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know a lot of history or, like, things further south. Yeah, like I said, a lot of the school system failed me. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah. But unfortunately, we need to wrap this up pretty quickly. We do, because it's about to storm. The window that I'm looking across from is completely black. I cannot see anything outside. And there's some thunder rolling in. And I saw a flash of lightning. Yeah, and so we're, we are on a severe storm watch. No warning right now. Yes, and we need to... Because there's a cold front rolling in. Ugh. Yes. All right, so we need to get going. Yes. So, sorry for cutting this short, but... Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us anywhere where podcasts are found. And if you find a place where we are not and it's more convenient for you, just let us know. Tell us. Tell us, and we will add our podcast there for you. We will. Uh, You can find us. 14 listeners. 14 of you. You're the best. Yep. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at the MFCast. Instagram at Marble Forest Podcast, or you can email us your stories at marbleforestpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on uh, Facebook. You can follow us on facebook.com slash marbleforestpodcast. And we also like to give a special thank you to Jenna, who did our amazing logo and uh, banner. 
You can find her on Etsy and Instagram at Agenda. That's Agenda. And also, I shared her on Twitter today, yeah. technically. Yeah, you can also find links to her stuff on our Twitter now and on our Podbean website. Yes. And then uh, a special thanks to my cousin who did our music, which we might need him. You might hear it get tweaked every once in a while. And a special thank you to Devin, who were... Oh, look, she finished her drink. Oh, drunk Devin, let's go. Yeah, for the Uh, storm. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Tell all your friends. Please tell all your friends. We want to do this for a while. And we're thinking about doing a contest soon. Possibly contest. Possibly contest. Yes. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Goodbye. Bye.